What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 133 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Mr. Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello. You know, I realized I called myself Mr. there. I don't usually do that. You know, I... You're feeling fancy today. I you guess know. so. I guess so. Yeah. You know? It is. It is. When's my, your monocle in your suit? It is my country's birthday, so. Is little... it the birthday? I thought it was. You know, when you got independence. Yeah. When's your actual birthday? I don't know. I think that's when, when was we... the Constitution signed. Isn't that what it is, or is it the Declaration <laughs> of Independence? <so? laughs> when was the Constitution signed? Like I'm like, ah, yes, of course, uh, May first, you know, I've seen. <laughs> I've seen National Treasure. I know that there's a there's a treasure map on the back. We just need to go steal it and put some lemon juice on it, and then we can go find the treasure. And it's all in Philly, so Steve, you're making a really good point. We could do this. Wait, isn't it at the Smithsonian? There was something there, like the Ben Franklin's glasses things, which helped you see even more, even more. So we might have to go to DC later, but we have to start in Philly. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was here. It was. I'm sure it was. It was in Philly here, as if I'm in fucking Philly. Uh, it was. <laughs> wow, you're really was, warming up to the idea Philly. of moving here, huh, Phil? I've already, Phil? I, I'm. I, I really want to move there, and <laughs> and I've spoken to Macaulay, and Macaulay's up for moving to the states, so oh, it's gonna happen one day. Here we go. We're warming up. Yeah, yeah. And well, I can drive there. I think on my license, right? Can you take UK licenses? Oh, I have no, I have no fucking idea. Oh. I don't know how that works. Can I drive in your country? <laughs> really? That does. I don't feel like they should let me. I've never driven on that side yeah, of the it's road. It's like if I came over and rented a car, I'd be fine. I've no, I've never driven on the right. It was so weird. So weird when you go, go away, and they because all of Europe drives on the left hand side of the road, the incorrect side of the road. And, Is that true? Uh, I thought, I thought that that wasn't true. I thought most of Europe drives on the. I'm no, sorry. we're the That's only European said. country Got drives it. on the right, yeah. Got yeah. it. <laughs> and it's so weird when you go away and they go the wrong way around the roundabout. It's like, why the fuck are you going anti-clockwise around a circle? This makes no sense. I don't even know how we got here. Anyway, th- welcome to the podcast. This is not after dark. Uh, <laughs> did we just come up with a cold open? Who knows? Anyway, welcome to the show. This is LewPots.com's weekly video game podcast where Steve and I get together and sometimes talk about traffic circles for some reason, but mostly we talk about video games. Uh, we, of course, have a jam-packed show for you this week. We've got some great questions. We've got some big news stories. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, but, of course, before we can do that, let me tell you where you can find us all around the web. Of course, we're wherever you get your podcasts. Every Monday morning, we are here chatting about what we're playing, what's going on in the news, answering your burning questions. And, of course, if you want to send in those questions and be a part of our MailPot segment, just like all the fine folks did this week, you can write in to me at Pete at LewPots.com. You can come join our discord where we've got an always growing community of pots heads just like you uh come in writing in their questions for the show helping each other find next gen consoles arguing about uh whether or not presentations were good and how much games should cost and all kinds of good conversations so if you want to come and argue with uh steve and i yourself ah, great place to come do so uh, you can get us in a bunch of other ways. We're on social media. You know, we, we're on Twitch every Thursday um, where we're playing some video games this week. Steve, I, we're going to talk about it and what we're playing, but I know you played some Smash, which I am very excited to talk about. Oh my God. So lots of great stuff. If you want to get some more content from us, we are all over the place. Of course, uh, the best way 
to do that is to head over to patreon.com slash loopots where you can show your support for just a buck and you can get access to our patron exclusive show after dark where this week steve and i talked about love we talked about uh sports and community and uh, the the things between those two i guess i don't know it was a good episode i i, I think i think it's an all-timer so if you want to go get access to that special conversation and uh, hours and hours of other conversations of us talking about stuff outside the world of video games, you can go check that out and uh, help us keep the mics and the lights on. So with that, that's enough shilling. Let's jump into what we're playing this week. Uh, I am playing the same stuff I've been playing. I am rounding third on Ratchet and Clank. Uh, I think I am very, very, very close to the end now. Um, the you know, the screen for the, you know, loading in your save, like, tells you what percentage of the way you are through the game. I believe I'm at, like, 84 some odd percent, something like that. But I'm at a point in the game right now where it's not letting me choose where I go. Um, and, like, I'm not able to backtrack to planets and stuff. I've been on kind of, like, a, okay. a straight line. So it feels like I'm either ramping up to the very end right now or I'm fast approaching the last part of the game where it'll let me go close things up and then be like, okay, go talk to this character if you want to end the game. I think I'm driving to either of those two points right now. Um, I'm not sure which one I'll come to, but I, I can feel that we're, like, really close to the end of the game right now, you know? Um, but there's still a couple... Like there's a conflict that's been established that hasn't been resolved yet, so I can feel that there's there's still some going to get resolved in this game because you said you didn't know if there was going to be sequels and it would follow on. I think it will because it's uh it's without spoiling anything, it's like an interpersonal conflict. Okay. Um. So I think it will be resolved, and whether or not you know the broad kind of implications of what's going on in the world, I have a theory for where the next game is going to go if if they continue this this thread. Um, I think I have a really clear idea of where it's going to go now. Um, I wish I could say more without spoiling just you everything. Maybe do a video about that. Maybe, yeah, maybe I should. With a big warning of this whole video is going to spoil it, but here's where I think it's going to go, and you should, you know, that'd be a good, good little essay. Yeah, maybe I'll break that down because I, I think, uh, I think I've got, I think I got a good idea. But uh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm excited to finish it up. I think I might do a new game plus run. Um. I, Ready? Uh, maybe not right away, but I, I think I'd like to platinum it, and I've gotten most of the trophies, so I think if there is like a New Game Plus trophy, um, I'll have to get that, but even if there isn't, yeah. um, I feel like doing a New Game Plus will be the easiest way to go back and grab all the stuff that I missed, because I'm not sure. I, I really want to go back through, tell me why I've missed a bunch of collectibles, because I wasn't really oh, no. looking for them, and like I missed one on the first chapter, I missed two on the second chapter, I'm just like, oh, I want to go back and find those. You really want up. to, because it gives you yeah. bits of the world, too, you know? Like, you learn more about the characters through the collectibles, which I really like. Yeah, it's like, hey, how did you get here? Such and such gave me this, or I remember when this happened, yeah. It is quite cool how they, they tie those in, and it's all related to that book, that you've got the Book of Goblins. Yeah. So how how are you getting on with Tell Me Why? I'm I'm loving it. I'm almost I think I'm almost finished the game. Uh as we were talking off mic, I'm uh on chapter three. I've just looked around the shipyard and spoken to Sam, and I'm come back now to being Tyler and I'm back at the house and I'm gonna back to I'm with Michael and we're fishing at the moment on the uh on the ice. Okay. Uh, fishing. I uh, 
I I a hundred percent took the option to to flirt back with Michael in the store. By the way, just of you course know. you did. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't Ma- you? Michael's Michael's nice. He's sweet. He's cute. You know. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, I did so, the same yeah. thing. Are you kidding me? I was yeah. like, this guy's a dreamboat. He's super cute. No, he's, he's very... absolute catch. He's he's like very very like friendly too. But like he's like I don't know. I really liked his energy. Like I like how he. He's very, like, bold in, like, expressing that he's, like, attracted to you and, like, is interested. But it's, like... So forward about it. But it's, like, in a way that feels, like, super, like, casual and, like, not threatening and, like, uh, if you... Yeah, if, it's if, right? Yeah, like, it's, like, if, if, like, I'm interested in you. If you're not, that's cool. Let's be friends, you know? And, like, that was very much the vibe that I felt, like, was established right away. And I was, like... I like this guy. Like he's he's super cool. Good vibes. And like yeah, I can't wait to do a spoiler cast on the on this game. I gotta replay just, it. Like talk about it all. Yeah. Oh, you definitely should replay it. If, if, I'm keeping track of all the choices I made at the end of all of the chapters, so it, it can we can kind of talk about all those and, and what we did. Cool. I'm really looking forward to to digging deep into this game because I've had a good time with it. There's been places where. The pacing's been weird. There's that bit outside of the, and I won't spoil what it is, but it's outside of the uh, police station where you're looking at your phone as Allison. It just seemed to go on forever. I was like, fuck me. Like, I, I don't want to play this shitty little mini game. You know, I just want to crack on with the story. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. I just don't have any connection with Allison. I really don't care for her welfare and her well being. I just, I just want to know the story. It's <laughs> <You're> so harsh. <laughs> It's so funny. Like, I definitely didn't like her as much, but I didn't hate her as much as you do. <laughs> do you know what? There's reasons, and I can't go into why without spoiling it, but, you know, I've got reasons. She's she's not a very nice person. We'll talk about it. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm interested because I feel like part of it might be some of the decisions you made. <laughs> Possibly. She's just always getting angry and talking over Tyler and trying to make decisions for him and telling him how he should feel about Eddie and telling him how he should feel about this person who's, oh, they're, they're a really good person. You should stop being so harsh on them. It's like, really? You know, we learn shit about Eddie going along the way that he's openly lied to whoa, Allison's whoa, whoa, face. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? All right, you're getting no, into it's, spoiler it's like territory. Minor, it's like minor things, like because you know, <laughs> we, you learn that early on that you know he's lying to protect her all the time. Yeah, and if, even she's getting to the point in the game where she's like, "I'm sick of people lying to protect us all the time." It's like, how can you keep defending someone who does that, right? Yeah, but I don't anyway, know. Steve. I feel like I feel like you're not being fair because it's like I think it's easy to say that in a vacuum, but like, you know, I don't know. Like, how would you feel if that was like your parent, right? Like you're still going to feel some kind of like loyalty Maybe, to a person but I can who's... 100% see it from Tyler's perspective, right? I agree. I agree with he's you. He's the cop who put him away, so to speak. I, and I completely agree with you in that regard. I, that It's not a me disagreeing with uh, Tyler as much as a having empathy for the alternative position. Yeah, I can have I can have some empathy for it, but the it's the flower defense of everyone in the game. It's not just Eddie. Yeah, but I mean, it's also you know, like she did it for Tessa too. She did it for for Tom. She's done it for everyone. Yeah, but I mean, like these she are like it, she did it for Sam when Sam was you know being a drunk dickhead in chapter one. Yeah, she, yeah, she... yeah, and like I, you're definitely right about that. But it's also like I get it in some degree where it's like. 
she makes a comment at one point, I remember, like, because I was definitely being pretty aggressive with her about some of that stuff as Tyler. Um, and I remember she makes a comment about how it's like, you know, like, this is like my life. You know, like, these are all like, this is like a ghost, old ghost town for you where you're coming back and drudging up all these old painful memories. And like, I respect that. But like, this is like the, you know, the person who raised me. This is the person yeah, who's employed me and, well. and, you know, been, you know, I've been friends with this family for 15 years. Right. And like, the, like those are there. They have very different relationships with those people. So I understand why she w- would want to look for the good in those people, even if they are flawed. I understand that. But you know, you're coming as in playing this game as an outside observer and you can yeah. look at it subjectively and you can pick a side subjectively these these people have no redeemable aspects to them whatsoever they're all seemingly horrible people in my in my eyes i'm i'm yet you know they try sometimes to make you feel like oh they have done some good or they've done this and the other but you know everyone was seemingly awful to marianne everyone has seemingly lied to these kids for their whole life as to what actually happened. And that's the mystery you're trying to unravel and, and solve, right, throughout the game. Yeah, yeah. What and, actually happened. And I think I'm interested to see how you feel once you have all the, the pieces of the puzzle. Because I'm also I'm also coming at it from... I, I know the resolution of everything, and, like... Okay, yeah. And, and so, like... I might feel differently. And, and maybe you won't. I'm not saying that, like, oh, like, I know things you don't know, so that's why I... But I'm more, like... I'm arguing from a different position than, than where you're arguing. And I might've felt the same, like, you know what I mean? Like I'm remembering the whole game in hindsight versus like, you're in the middle of it right now. Like you're right before the fucking, like, let's get into all of the answers for what's going on. So like, I'm sure that I had, I had some notions at that point that I might feel differently about uh, now, you know? So that's, that's more what I was trying to say is like, let's, I'm yeah. excited to dig in and I want to play it again and then talk to you about it and really, really dive into uh, some of the themes and stuff. Cause I'm really glad you're getting into it. Oh yeah. It's, it's been, it's been great. It's See, been nice. It's been a nice break from me binging back all soul, which is the other piece of media I'm really invested <laughs> in at the moment. And, and it's, uh, it's been great to, to wander around. Um, sometimes I do get frustrated that there's just so many pieces to look at that just have no context whatsoever. And I feel like I don't want to miss anything. So I'm wandering around looking at everything. And I also don't know if I need to look at something because there's been times when I've say achieved the goal. So there's like a part in Allison's house where you have to get some paperwork together. And I didn't know if I should go and look at that paperwork before I start looking around the house or after. Because there's been times when I've gone and achieved that goal and then it hasn't let me look around the rest of the house. It's like triggered an event and something's happened. And there's times when, you know, in this instance, I had to look at the paperwork before I could get what I needed to from the other things around the living room. Mm Because I needed to acquire the paperwork or her driving license, things like that. And so that can be frustrating, not knowing what's going to trigger an event. I wish there was like a... Like, a, you need to do this step first, then do this, rather than... It, w- it would be nice if... Um, it, w- it would be nice if there was, like, some kind of, like, non-verbal, like, visual cue, where it's, like, there's, like, oh, like, maybe it's, like, a certain color where you're, like, this is going to advance the story. Right? Yeah, like, like, it's a red circle rather than just a white one, so that this is going to trigger an event. I, are you sure you want to... You've seen everything you want to see here and, and progress the yeah. story on? That's, like, I, I think... 
I kind of learned that lesson from Life is Strange, you know, because the first time I played Life is Strange, um, I had a very similar experience to what, what it seems like you had, where, like, I missed a lot of the collectibles. There were, like, some little side things that I didn't see. Um, and it was just because I, I wasn't really, like... I didn't feel as if the game had necessarily um, taught me like when I should be looking versus when I shouldn't be looking and and those sorts of things. But I think that that Mm -hmm. is kind of just like the point is that like you're not necessarily supposed to find or see everything the first time, right? Like it is a thing that like it does invite you to replay the game and make different decisions and see different things. And like personally, I don't really like playing and making different decisions because I like I make the decisions that feel true to, to what I'm trying to do and like if I make a decision and it plays out a way that I don't want it to I usually will like reload my save you know like and not in terms of like it playing out the way I don't want but if I'm like I'm trying to be nice and I say something and it's accidentally right, yeah because sometimes I've had that as well some of the the little things because it's not it's similar to I think Mass Effect was actually the first game that did it the the piece of text isn't exactly what your character is going to say it's, it's like kind the of spirit of, of context yeah but sometimes I've found those spirits to be a little bit off and and Tyler's mood or the way he delivers that line is different to how I interpreted it and I wouldn't have picked that option if yeah. I'd have known how he was going to deliver it. Yeah, and and when I've experienced that before, sometimes I've gone and, and reloaded things because like with Life is Strange, the original, right? Like the power is rewinding time. So if you say something and it's the wrong thing, you can just be like, oh, rewind and play out the oh, conversation well, that's cool. in a different way. Yeah, I like that. I wish there was kind of something like that. And again, I also wish there was that dialogue log that I spoke about last uh, last episode. Every game but should I have do a also, dialogue log. Yeah, but I also do think that in this one, they do a good kind of... Um, way of make the button seem to be like why is the nice choice x is you're being a dick i kind of wish they did what la noir remake did where it's like three big bits of text it's like accuse or like you know yeah. that kind of thing so you knew exactly what they were going to do like give it a little bit of context but also say that you know when you press the x button rather than pressing the y button this is going to be delivered in a harsher way than you're being friendly or you know uh, dodging dodging around the subject that potentially you yeah. should just go straight on and, and uh, get over with. That's something they eventually started doing in the Bioware games where it would be like the... I remember Dragon Age... I think Dragon Age 2 was the first game that did it where it would be like the top option was like the nice option, the bottom option was the mean option, and the middle option was like usually like you were being sarcastic or like making a joke or, or like being evasive, you know? Um, and like the top option, it would have like a heroic symbol, the lower one had a mean symbol and the middle one was like the like you know like the comedy and drama masks yeah i feel like that would go a long way about uh, to solve some of the issues with that yeah just Um, just to make it easier for you as a player to make sure that you're like saying what you want to say and coming across the way that you're intending um yeah yeah because that definitely does that does come into play but i also think that part of it right is that like it's tough to do that because people are always i mean like the coding would be helpful um, because like everyone's going to interpret language a little bit differently. So like what I might read as aggressive, you might not and whatever. And you know, mm-hmm. then there's like the added thing of that, like um, don't nod is like a French studio. So it's like, there's translation, you know, like there and like they, they write the games in, in English, I think first, but um, I I know that like, 
that's like something that can like come into play too right where there's like nuance of language right where like we've even run into that and we speak the same language but with different dialects so that like certain words like might have different connotation or like i might read something a little bit differently than you would um and i think that that does end up like leading to something where it's like you could see how like some kind of a a color coding system or something like that that communicates to you the kind of tone that's going to come across feels like a good a good choice but i'm really glad you're enjoying it i'm i'm super excited to uh to to talk to you more about it and i hope that this has you kind of amped up for uh for life is strange now oh definitely yeah i really want to get into life is strange i think i'm going to wait for the remakes to come out yeah i would rather than playing the ones that that already exist we should yeah we should Um, play them together when they when they uh re-release it oh definitely yeah uh, these aren't the kind of games I will ever want to stream, though. Like, I want to be absorbed in the story, and you've kind of bigged up Life is Strange's story so much. Yeah, uh, I hope you that, like it. I hope that I didn't like yeah. oversell it for you. Like, I, I always like I. It's it's tough recommending things where that you really love, and you're like, I love this so much, and like I don't want to put an unattainable uh, kind of stature on it right no i don't i don't think you have you just you know you've made it clear that you had a better connection with the story than you did would tell me why but it seems it's very much in the same spirit of the same style of game um which makes sense because they're made by the same people so i i think i will have a good time with it i i think i think for me what i what i related to with life is strange more than um the original Life is Strange, more than Tell Me Why, or even, like, Life is Strange 2, which I also really like. And I actually think Life is Strange 2 is probably a better game overall. Um, I just think that there are elements to Max and Chloe's story that felt like, um, I don't want to say universal, but I think that they were experiences that were similar to some of my experiences, right? Of being, like... um, like not like a bad kid but a kid that was kind of maybe looked at as being a bad kid and like hanging around an alternative crowd and you know being really you know into like punk music and you know like being like that kind of kid you know um there were a lot of kind of beats and moments that they touch on that felt very um familiar i guess to my experience you know um in in some way shape or form Mm. and and that i think a lot of it is about like growing up and you know um communication and how how we treat our friends and i think those things are very very universal um whereas like with tell me why i really related to like the mental illness element of it but the whole thing being about siblings i'm an only child right so like i can't relate to that part of the story in a personal way um, which is fine. Like, that's not important for me to connect with the story. But I think the fact that Life is Strange is about a friendship specifically, too, is something that is, like, as an only child, I think I gravitate towards as well, you know? Fair enough. I mean, I, w- I wonder how I will look at it as... Because uh, I am a sibling, but I don't necessarily connect with that side of the story either. I guess maybe I do. Maybe I project my sister onto Allison a little bit. Um, <laughs> Was that why you don't like her? <laughs> 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 uh, but I, uh, I, I think, uh, I, I think I'll enjoy Life is Strange. I do kind of wish there were more of this style game with maybe less of the supernatural or, or the kind of aspect to it. 
because even in in like the super massive games we've spoken about the dark and uh, the dark anthology series or, or whatever dawn. it's called um yeah or until dawn they all have that element of supernatural or horror or something like that and i don't necessarily want that from a game i would just love a, a cool mystery i used to love point and click games I was addicted, and it's the weird, weirdest fucking series to be like into as a kid. The Nancy Drew point-and-click games. I remember they those, were so yeah. fucking good. They were so good. Or the CSI games, they were great as well. I just love a good point-and-click adventure, and I should probably go and and play some more of those style games because I think uh, I think that's what I'm hungry for at the moment. And this feels like a modern point-and-click. Yeah. I you know, like you're wandering these a around in a more. 3D space. Yeah, because I I like that they're a little bit more choose your own adventure than like point and clicks. Because I think point and clicks get a little bit like obtuse for me, where it's like pick up the screw, pick up the cup, try to combine them. Ah, yes, that's how you open the door. And it's like I don't like shit like that. Like that always feels like yeah. a little bit like come on, like I'm just doing things at random to see if anything happens, and I just I, not. To denigrate that, there is a huge audience of people that love those kinds of games. I just, they're hit or miss for me. Um, but this kind of game, like, I feel like, which, you know, Telltale really popularized. Um, I've never played a Telltale game either. Some of them are really good. Um, they're not all created equally, but the best Telltale games are really, really great. The I think the best one is the Walking Dead one, right? That I seems, think so. Seems I think, the I one think that the, people... particularly the first season of it is mm-hmm. is really. really I mean, that's 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 where the Camposanto team formed, yep. essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, I mean, I, I was hooked on. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about, like Firewatch, right? There's no supernatural shit. You're walking around. It's a mystery unraveling. That was such a good game. I just want more of those. I'm hungry for that kind of thing, and they just don't. They're just so rare yeah. in 2021 because they're not a big blockbuster. It's you'd have to be a small team to make it, and again, they might not sell as well yeah. as as something like a a shoot 'em up or a you know something that's a little bit more uh, a universal to to use your word. I'm sure there are definitely games like that that you're just not aware of. Like you know, it's a game you should try. I think you'd really like. Um, but it, be forewarned, it's very emotionally heavy at times. Um, is the Stanley Parable? Highly recommend that one. That was that I've been waiting for it to come to Switch forever. Yeah, oh. but maybe I should just bite the bullet and play it on another platform. Wherever you play it, it's it's not a super long game. Like I I, I think it's best played in one sitting. Um, I played all of it in one night and then never touched it again. And I I think it's one of the most memorable experiences I've ever had with a video game by a lot. Mm, well, I I played Thimbleweed Park in one sitting, which is a point and click, which yeah. does have some obtuse moments. I adored that game. The one thing I hate was that stupid clown, him swearing all the time. It just the joke didn't land for me. It was yeah. like, oh, okay, great, you know, just whatever. But the rest of it, I thought was so clever. And the and the ending to that game, I won't spoil it, but the ending to that game is something special. And if you haven't finished it, you started it and you haven't finished it make sure you finish that game because it's it's a really really special ending cool so uh the other thing i've been playing this uh past week or so is is mario golf i've been playing a ton of mario golf i'm really getting into it and i'm getting good uh like i've got i think i have every course unlocked now i might have one more to unlock um but like my average 
uh, score has like imp- increased. Uh, what am I trying to say? Increased, improved a lot because increased would be bad because that's how golf works. Um, birdies, not bogeys now. Exactly. Yeah, birdies, not yeah. bogeys. That'll be my golf podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, like I was playing the other night, and I think my, I think I finished with a score of negative one, which that's good. Was, which yeah, good. one under yeah. par. Yeah. Um, and that was 18 holes, so it's, like, it's pretty good. You know, it's, it's not great. I'm not, like, sitting here saying I'm a fantastic Mario Golf player. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not t- Tiger Woods, but no. you're, you're doing all right. I'm getting there, though. I'm getting there. Yeah. I'm, I'm like Tiger Woods isn't, isn't someone you really want to aspire to be. I feel like I'm, I'm, uh, I'm approaching Happy Gilmore at the middle of the movie levels, and I'm trying to get to Endgame Never Happy. seen that. Probably the best Adam Sandler movie. Not saying a lot, yeah, but it's Adam but, Sandler, so but I it's just, a classic. No, I'm gonna hate it. It's classic, absolutely classic. I know, and I, I keep seeing it. It keeps being recommended to me on Netflix. I just, <laughs> uh, just it's a dumb it. movie. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's not, but uh, that's my golf hero right now. Where that's, does it like? Where does it rank on the click scale? It's much know? better than Click. Yeah, <laughs> much better. <laughs> he he gets in a fist fight with Bob Barker. If that does anything for you. Um, pretty funny. Uh, so I, yeah, I like, I don't have much else to say about Mario golf from what I said last week. Like I have not played the story mode. Um, I'm not interested in it. I'm just playing the golf and the speed golf and fucking around and just like having fun with it. And like, that's perfect. It's like, it's really scratching an itch for me right now. Um, and I, I've really had a good time with it. Like, I think there are some players who might not feel like it's worth the asking price of $60, but I, I don't feel like I've been disappointed by that investment. Um, so I think if well, I mean, I've seen you even recommending to people on Discord that potentially it might be worth waiting to get it on sale rather than yeah. getting it for the full retail price. I, I was, I was going to say, I think if you're on the fence about it and you're like eager to pick it up, I'd say pick it up. But like if you're kind of like, eh, like I, I want to play it, but I don't feel like I need a game right now. Um, or you don't feel like you need a game like this right now, like a good TV game, a good off game, you know, like a, a good, like cool down. This isn't the main thing I'm playing, but it, it kind of is filling the gaps. Um, I think it's perfect for that. But if you don't need that game right now, maybe wait, maybe wait and see if you can grab it on a sale or if you can, you know, mm-hmm. save up some of your Nintendo coins or whatever. And, you know, uh, soften that $60 blow a little bit for yourself. But I think similar to the opinions that I offered about new Pokemon Snap, I think if this is a game that you want um, and you're excited for, I don't think you'll necessarily be disappointed for spending that money, even though I don't really feel like, based on what I experienced anyway, I I was not interested in engaging with the story mode. Um, and I haven't experienced anything or heard anything <laughs> That has led me to believe that my impressions of it were wrong. So um, I've just committed to playing the game and learning on my own, and I've been having fun with that. So where would you score this? Do you, do you now agree? Because we were talking about this a couple of weeks back when the game first came out, that the scores were very across the board. Mm-hmm. And do you agree with like IGN's take on it? Middle of the road, it's a good game, great sport game, but the story adventure mode sucks. They gave it a six, I think. That feels a little yes. harsh to me. I, but I mean, it's also like, what does that mean, right? Like, how do you judge that scale? A lot of people. And that's called good, right? Yeah, like I think I think on the IGN scale, a six is like good, but not like like I believe 
that it's like six is it's it's fine like it's a pretty good game seven is like eh, it's average eight is like it's above average nine is it's great ten is it's a must play right um i always kind of think of it on like a graded scale like the way that like um like tests are graded right where i'm like i think of something in the 90 to 100 range as you know it's like an a right so that means it's very good right this is a great game and I think of like the 80s, the 8, right, as like a B. It's it's good, not a must play, but if you enjoy the genre, you'll probably really love it, right? A 7, it's fine. It's good enough. You know, again, if, if you're into this kind of game, you might get something out of it. But I could also see you walking away from it being underwhelmed, you know? And I kind of think anything below that, I start to think of as like, this is bad, right? Like a 6 would be a game that is not technically broken, but that is not good, that is not fun to play, that is not worth playing. You know what I mean? And anything like a five or below is like, it's trash, right? It, this is trash. You should not even think about spending your money on this. Um, so for me, on my grading scale, I would say a six feels harsh, but I could see like maybe a 6.5 to a seven, you know? Um, but I could it also seems see... seems the consensus, really. Metacritic's given it a 72. Which I don't think is, that doesn't seem unreasonable. But I also think that, like, if you're really into golf games, if you really like Mario Golf, I could see you ranking it higher. You know, because I think the core mechanics are very good and very fun. Um, But, like, it could could use more holes, or not holes, uh, more maps, right? Like, more more course options would be good. I mean, they're coming. We've seen New Donk City. So maybe when we, maybe when you reassess this in in a year's time because they said they're supporting it into 2022 it might be a whole different story there exactly. might be new new characters new modes new courses it could be all sorts and i think the character the roster is great like there's a ton of characters they all have pretty yeah. different abilities and stuff you're still just playing pauline though no i started playing yoshi because his abilities better um mm-hmm. and he's got a little Not bit hot, more though. He's got a little bit more drive. Definitely less hot. That's unfortunate. But, <laughs> you know, what can you do? <laughs> um, so speaking of Mario, I know uh, on the stream this week, you were playing some Mario Kart and then some Smash Bros with the community. Mario Kart, it's whatever. We all know you like Mario Kart. Yeah, we know, Mario Kart. we know what Mario Kart is, yeah. You played Smash. That's crazy. You haven't played Smash, like, since launch? Yeah, and I put 20 hours in at launch, and it was all in the single player. I don't I think never, you even unlocked all think... the characters, did you? No, I still haven't unlocked all the characters. Um, I don't think I've ever played against another human being. Maybe once if we <laughs> did like a stream or something. But oh man, I was I was bad. Like I was playing with I was playing with Zade, and then um, and then I was playing with Doc, and then AJ showed up from the Fnatic's Four. Who I was so embarrassed. Like I was like, I'm so sorry, AJ. I'm so sorry. You have to watch this because if you don't know. AJ from the Fnatic Squad, this is this is his game. He's played, and I asked him, I said, how many hours have you put into this, AJ? Because I've played 20. He was like, I've played over 2,000. <laughs> so that, that's a little bit of context as to how good AJ is at this game. And then we had Christian from the community join as well. We were all on mic. We were all playing. Did um, four-player battles, which was which was great fun. Uh, and I was saying to AJ, like, uh, are you holding back? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not playing. <laughs> I was like, oh no, because he was still being a soul. He was still winning all the time. I was doing terribly. I could only play as Kirby. I said, AJ, what's a good, uh, what's a good starter character? 
He said, oh, I don't know who you've got. I said, I think I've got most of the roster. I didn't. I've got hardly anyone. Uh, but I had Young Link. So he told me to play as Young Link. I, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. <laughs> so he went straight back to, I went straight back to Kirby and then I was slamming the B. And then Doc goes, oh, maybe now's a good time, Steve, to tell you about stale moves and how the uh, the like attack level for that move will constantly go down. It might be like 100%, then it'll go to 90%, then it'll go to 80% if you keep using the same move to punish you. And I'm like, what the fuck? This game is just trying to make me lose at every every moment <laughs> i was so bad at it i won i did win one match though and i was really proud of that but that was when i think aj and doc weren't playing because at, at, at some point doc learned from christian that there was new um new uh i can't remember the the name did he no not did he call what was the anniversary this this year of donkey Kong? Uh, the the rare there was a rare game Anyway, the, the I, one rare game where there's like two people. Fuck, what's the Donkey name Kong of it? Country? No, not Donkey Kong Country. It's like their their game, right? And it's two people. Banjo, Banjo Kazooie. There was like new Banjo. There you go. Met. Yeah, and so Doc went off and just did a, did shopping while we all played uh, all played some Smash. But anyway, I learned a lot about Smash, and I felt like I started out really terribly, and I learned a lot more. There you go. Uh, as as it progressed. I don't think I'm ever playing this game again. Uh, I'm certainly not going to play this game for 2,000 hours. And I've asked AJ on his podcast this week, which you need to go listen to uh, directly to you if you search for it on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast, you'll listen. Um, how I get good at Smash for that point 2,000 hours in. And I'm interested to see what his response is. I'm going so to say the answer is you don't, probably. Um, but yeah, so he, he, he told me that 90% uh, of the people that play this game suck and are terrible and he plays against them and he doesn't he doesn't care you know if they're playing for a good time fair enough but 10 percent of people might get actually serious and that's what he, that's who he really enjoys playing against because sure. it's actually a level playing field for him and it feels like he's got to put a little bit of effort in yeah i remember i talked to him about uh like doing some streams where it's like oh teach me to be good and then i'm like i don't i don't know <laughs> I'm, I'm, I think I'll just always suck at Smash and that's okay <laughs> I'm fine sucking at Smash I just don't think it's my game I'm glad I never really bought any of the fighter passes or anything like that I think I've every one gonna... of them because I love playing Smash I love playing it in the room with people like just fucking around though like I don't you know like I don't really care about winning or being good yeah I mean maybe that's the difference because I haven't really ever had people around who have been into Smash. Yeah. You know our game that we usually go to our go to Nintendo game is Mario Kart. People have come around. Everyone knows how to play Mario Kart. We'll get it out and we'll we'll have like a four player um match. Smash I, just, I don't know. Just doesn't click for me. It's been a staple like my whole life. Like even like back on the N64, me and my best friend used to play it all the time. It would be like a thing when friends would come over and melee was a big thing for years uh, during the brawl era. That was like when my first band was together and you know, it was a ska band. We had eight people. Uh, so we would have at least eight people at practice most days, sometimes more if a friend came or somebody brought their partner or whatever, or, you know, a sibling or whatever comes and hangs out. Uh, and we, we we would practice and then play Smash for like six to eight hours afterwards and just play until it was like, okay, it's like midnight, everybody leave. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, until my dad was like, stop screaming, it's two in the morning. <laughs> and like, 
I miss that. You know, I really miss that. And like, you know, it was fun to win, but it was like we would play with items on. It was like very like not serious. You know, it was very like oh, yeah. we're playing the game like, you know, at its most chaotic. You know, and like oh, I learned yeah, I learned so much about that. No auto scrolling maps, no no items, no, no fun. this, no that. Yeah, that's like that's how you play apparently when you're in tournaments. If you're serious, yeah. So yeah. yeah. I went to exactly one Smash tournament. I won zero fights. Uh, and then I was like, I guess I'm worse <laughs> at this game than I thought. I'm done. <laughs> Can you imagine just like rocking up to that thinking you're the absolute shit and then just failing at every hurdle? I can. I'm glad I didn't think that. It was really funny because my friend Mike, who's the best player that I had known at that point, um, was like one like like one or two matches and was like we were like okay cool <laughs> our best the best player that we know is like very okay <laughs> in this in this I, and, and I, I, I remember talking to chewy about it and how like he was he, like he's the best platoon player we know right yeah and, and, and he's, he's like i'm bad even said yeah he's like i'm not um I'm not at the level where I can enter competitions or tournaments. There's, there's yeah. no way. And I'm thinking, how the fuck? How good have you got to be at this game? Because he's, I think he's X rank. Yeah, no, it, it, and it just shows start- how much you and I truly are not good at games. Is the thing. oh, we're terrible at games. Yeah, I mean, I'm good at Pokemon, but that's it's like it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I don't think. Because th- this was an interesting topic on uh, this week's Triple Click. If you haven't, they they did they the main topic of the show this week was what does it mean to be good at video games, and you know should video games be hard or should every video game have an easy mode? And I actually had a conversation with Doc on the stream about it because he he really wanted to play Celeste and um, wasn't that great at it. And didn't realize that there's a bunch of assist modes that you can oh yeah you can turn on. I said, oh well, I I was terrible at that game, but I really wanted to play it, so I turned on a bunch of the assist modes. Like uh, there's a triple jump that you can have and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend if you're bad at a game but you really want to you really want to play and you really want to finish it, just turn on easy mode or turn the difficulty down. Oh or yeah, turn on some of the assistance features. They're there for a reason. They're there to make the game accessible to everyone that wants ah. to play it. I'm an absolute proponent of that, and I, I, I truly think that any attitude um, that differs from that is, like, comes from a place of kind of, like, gatekeeping and, like, being an elitist, you know? Um, there's nothing wrong with playing a game on easy mode if that's how you want to play. I remember we had a conversation in the Discord with uh, Mango from the team uh, who was saying, like, oh, like, like, how do you guys feel about guides? Like, is it okay to use guides? And it's like, yeah, it's fucking okay to use guides. That's what they're there for, like... But whatever you got to do to enjoy the game that you paid money for is, like, fine. You know? Like, don't let anybody, like, fucking, like, bully you into, like, doing something that you don't feel like doing. Or, like, you know, like, getting into, like, measuring your e Like, it's, like, it's not... Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not important, right? Like... And in, like, video games are, like, the only fucking, like, medium where that's, like, a thing. You know? I mean, I guess it's not. Like, there are snobs in any fan base or whatever but it's not like board games 100% are like this board game well it's games and too right? I, I but... suck at it because I'm one of them I'm like you play Monopoly with house rules get the fuck out you know Monopoly the rules are the rules you should be playing the rules <laughs> as the game was oh you're not you're, right? not you're not down no, for house rules no, like, no, no uh, double money when you land on go no get the fines back when you land on free parking no none of this bullshit you and and 
you should be auctioning those houses off. There's a reason Monopoly games last so fucking long and people hate that game. It's because they don't play it properly. I they hate don't Monopoly. follow the rules. I fucking yeah, because Monopoly. I bet you've never played a, a Probably not, but I hate it. And capitalism yeah. is evil and we shouldn't make it into a game. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's a good argument. Yeah. My favorite thing <laughs> with house rules is uh, me, and, me and all my friends from my, my hometown, um, we, all, we all like Magic the Gathering. Um, and there was a house rule that we we put up in in my one's friend my one friend's house, and it was uh, we caught the house Jared rule, where it's like you just draw an extra card for the first turn because it makes the game start quicker. And we would only do it when it was a multi battle, where it's like you're supposed to play one on one, and we would play games with like six people, ten people, you know, and at once, and it would just be like okay, you get an extra card so that our first turns are quicker, you know. And we we ended up See, in- that's a good house rule. We made a really ridiculous house rule that was like that was cheating. Uh, <laughs> so there was a thing that we started realizing that people were doing, which was they were cheating because turns would six take so long. So people would look at the top card they had so they could plan what they were going to do when they drew the card that they were going to have next. So we ended up making it a rule where you were allowed to do that as long as you audibly did a fake yawn when you were doing it. So if you were like, yawn, you were allowed to look and cheat, but you had to, everybody had to know you were cheating. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. No, I love that. But some of the, some of the house rules I've played games with, my dad has the worst house rule for Monopoly, which is, and I don't know where it came from. I think it was his dad's rule. You can't buy anything on the first turn round. Why? So we just all go around the board once. That's ridiculous. And you don't play the game. You don't do anything. Yeah. You're just rolling the dice. That's dumb. It's so boring. Why would you play, play it like that? Why would you put yourself through that torture when you're playing in Monopoly? That's already long as hell. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. All right. So let's jump into the news. Uh, we, we're going to kick things off with a bunch of Sony news. Um, some good. Some not so good. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, I'm going to kick it to you for the first one. Um, there is a, a bunch of drama around some of Sony's policies this week um, and how they were unfair to uh, to indie devs specifically. And um, you were the one who who kind of turned me on to this story before it ended up kind of blowing up. And, you know, Jason wrote about it in Bloomberg and everything, and it's making the rounds. So why don't you... Catch everybody up, lay the groundwork, and then we'll chat about it. Yeah, so so what happened was someone, um, a developer, an indie developer uh, called Ian Garner, decided to essentially, as he put it, burn some bridges on Twitter <laughs> about a platform that he called Platform X that uh, is a is the operator of a very successful comp, uh, console that does not have Game Pass um, and was not Nintendo. <laughs> so I think we know which one it was. Um, but there's a bunch of shit that people had no idea about how, uh, how PlayStation managed the PlayStation Store. Um, there is no ability to, to like manage your games. Uh, you cannot, as a developer, openly promote like your game with say discounts unless sony gives you explicit permission and access to give your game a discount which is mad like you can't give a launch discount or just have a discount whenever you want or be a part of a a store-wide sale unless sony invites you to do it uh it's like a very limited thing which seemingly is opposite to how every other platform 
uh, operates. You know, you see launch discounts and pre-order discounts on the on the eShop all the time. It's it's the, a common thing. A game launches that first week, you get a ten percent discount. That's something that you can't do as an indie developer or a small developer on the PlayStation Store unless Sony gives you permission, which is very very rare. But the biggest thing I think that came out of this was the fact that to even get featured on the on the PlayStation Store, to be visible anywhere other than in a direct search for your game, you have to spend a minimum of $25,000. And it came out that this goes anywhere up to a quarter of a million dollars uh, in a Kotaku article. So the Kotaku article by uh, John Walker dug a little bit deeper into this. Real quick, it's it's worth pointing out too that Ian says that it's <clears throat> uh, a minimum of twenty five thousand USD and then thirty percent of your subsequent earnings. Yeah, so you you have to give your thirty percent cut, which you were giving to the platformer anyway. Anyway, but uh, worth pointing is, out that additional this is, money for and for an indie developer, that's like an insane amount of money, right? Oh, it's a huge amount of money before you've even made any money on your game. You have to pay $25,000. This could be your first indie game. And you've got no lifeline of being included in something like the state of play or being included on the front page of the store. And this is in total contrast um, to how Sony kind of portrayed their interaction with indie developers this recent um, E3 and Summer Game Fest. Um, it's, it's just... It, I mean, it kind of it kind of sucks to be honest. The fact that you have to spend so much money, you can't find anything, um, and you can't even have this basic functionality of giving discounts to your customers, which makes people think that you don't care about your your customers. You know, it's like, well, why is your game never discounted? Why don't you care about us? You can't give those discounts uh, anymore. You can't have like a developer or publisher sale, like say. Uh, say you're a small publisher like Devolver, or even smaller than Devolver, and yeah, you've Devolver got a few games and you want... It. Yeah, Devolver probably good, but like a smaller publisher or a smaller like developer who's had a few games, you can't do a discount or like a cross-buy where you can get like 40% off if you buy this other game. It just you know, it doesn't, like probably it a doesn't example work. is like a Yacht Club. You know, like Yacht Club yeah. who they, you know, if they wanted to do like a Yacht Club game sell and put Shovel Knight and Cyber Shadow and all the expansions or whatever, like all on sale, they couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's mad. Um, and, and so Ian was the first to kind of open the floodgates and then a bunch of developers opened up a bunch of indie developers basically all said the same thing that yes, this is true. This is what happens. And one Nintendo and Xbox also charge for promotion. So the eShop has that page where they, they, kind of you at first open it it's like the discover page where you can see things you, you can pay to be on that and i would imagine you can also pay to be included in a nintendo direct if you want it to be i'd imagine that's where the promotion comes in for that but say xbox has their like idea xbox that they're constantly showing on the store or even on the on the xbox dashboard that doesn't cost a penny to indie developers. It's stuff that they're automatically included in. All of this came out. And it really is the fact that Sony doesn't promote these games at all. Uh, and then, obviously, Jason Schreier followed up with his article, Bloomberg, which highlighted that the real problem isn't the fact that that people are having to pay this $25,000. Yes, that's a huge ask and a huge issue. But the main problem comes from the fact that the indie, uh, the indie arm of PlayStation is just 
vastly understaffed and they, they feel that like they have a line of communication with PlayStation like they would have a line of communication with Microsoft or uh, Nintendo obviously Nintendo's got its Nindies um, kind of indie world highlight stuff that they do Xbox has ID Xbox there's nothing like that PlayStation uh, and Matthew White who runs a small video game publisher called Whitethorn Games um, said that the staff seem like they've they've run ragged by the number of indies they have to represent that there's just not enough people there to to, to kind of take on the work um, and I feel like if PlayStation don't solve this problem they're only going to be the place to play blockbuster games people are going to continue to associate indies with nintendo and microsoft and it really really sucks i was very frustrated to read this i went off on a bit of a tirade on uh, on twitter it really does feel like money grabbing and penny pinching from the um from the promotion side of things and i also feel like it's very disingenuous of Sony to promote these games without any form of like ad or sponsored or to show to the customer that this has been paid to be there. It's not something that's naturally become visible. And maybe that's naive of me, but it really does feel like if they're there promoting their first party games on their first party platform for free, while they're charging other developers 25000 to a quarter of a million dollars, the they're at a very, very um, competitive advantage on their platform. And that really does begin to feel like it's coming to the line of, is this like an antitrust case? Because that's mm. a lot of the, the ire that Epic's had against Apple, which is that they can advertise their services and, and do what they want with their services, whereas other developers would have to pay for it with through advertising on the App Store or other means. So, so there's a lot there. So I, I I guess I'll start by responding to to the the opinions that you threw out there because um, I I definitely agree with you about what you're saying about Sony I think this comes off as as greedy um, at best and I think that I think the reason that this feels so problematic to me is because there isn't an alternative right like we've talked about. Um, let's use the Nintendo comparison, right? So on the eShop, there are multiple ways for you to filter uh, how you're browsing for games, right? So like you can browse by the featured section, which is paid features, right? No problem there as far as I'm concerned. I don't think there's any problem with uh, Microsoft or Nintendo or PlayStation or Steam or anybody, any platform holder uh, charging money for you to advertise on the platform. I don't think that there's anything inherently wrong with that. However, I feel like when you look at like Nintendo, right? The fact that you as a developer have the ability to discount your game um, so that it could be on the deals page organically, mm -hmm. or that if your game is on sale and it gets a bunch of attention because it's on sale, that it could make it to the top of the trending page. Or it could make it on the top of the best-selling, you know, this week page or whatever, right? And all of those things are organic opportunities for you to get your game in front of people that don't require you to pay the platform holder necessarily, right? Um, and the fact that like wish listing and you know how many people put a game on a wish list or or express interest in it or whatever, right? Like those are things on other platforms that can algorithmically benefit your game and put it in front of more people. So like. 
all of those things present opportunities for you, the indie developer, or you, the, the publisher with less resources or what have you, to try to make your product more attractive and, and get it in front of more people without being limited to, you know, making that really hefty investment to be on the front page, right? Um, that, to me, is the real problem, I think, of, of the issue and why this feels so egregious and unfair compared to an Xbox, a Nintendo, a Steam, who all probably offer the same services and arguably maybe even at similar price points, right? Like, we don't know that. That's just me throwing that out, right? Like, that's possible. No, the, that's, that is confirmed. Nintendo and Xbox. They cost that um, same amount? It's Yeah, it's very similar amount so you go. to the Kotaku piece. But a, again, it's not the only way that you can get advertised. Exactly. And you also have access to doing the sales and the launch discounts. And yeah. you're automatic, you're, if you're a, a, you know, a popular indie game or you've got the... Um, the site of Nintendo, you might be included in a Indie World highlights, things like that, or play into the fact that you're being supported by the publisher a little bit better than um, Sony seemingly is yeah, doing. Right, because like you know, a post on the PlayStation blog is not the same highlight as a, a Nintendo Direct, right, um, or something something to that that uh, nature. So yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think where I don't agree is the um, the platform thing, like they are a clear advantage, but like, I don't think that's a problem. It's their platform, you know, like the idea of Sony, like featuring their own software on the featured page, you know, for free, like, yeah, I mean, that's their platform. And like the, one of the selling points of Sony's platform is that Sony has, you know, exclusive blockbuster software that you titles, you can only play on PlayStation. That's their bread and butter. Nintendo does the same I, thing. I get that, you but know? can you the the fact that they can do a launch discount and they can have a sale for all of the PlayStation games? You know, they could do like a Sony Studios. That's the thing. Uh, sale. Those things and, should just be open everybody. Like, yeah, it, it and should be the same as it is on. Pay, yeah, a developer might have to pay twenty five grand to even buy into that club to be able to give a discount, and that right. is not right in my eyes. No, and I I completely agree with you, and and that's the thing is I think it really just boils down to like developers should have more options on the platform like you should have more control over your over your listing and like what you're going to charge and when you're going to charge what and you know there should be other um metrics that you can browse by that are not driven by sony's decisions right like that are just like um metrics that are based on like those other things we talked about right like recent you know, spike in sales, a bunch of people adding it to their wish list, like whatever. Those kinds of uh, organic factors should have more uh, importance yeah. in in the or algorithm. Even what's just being like a, have a list that's just indies. You know, like the idea Xbox list. I open up the Xbox store, and there it is. I can see all of the the games that they're they're pulling into. And their just have it be a meritocracy, right? Like, what what mm -hmm. has the most downloads? That's number one. There you go. And then, and then it's then it's at least there's an opportunity for your game to uh, to claw into some some relevance there, right? And to get get eyes on it on the platform, um, because I think I think you're right in that. Like, I don't think that Sony's at a major disadvantage right now when it comes to being thought of as like a place to enjoy indies. But I don't think that like I don't play indie games on my PlayStation, right? I play them on my on my Switch or on my Xbox. Um, 
and I don't know that when that's... it becomes a disadvantage though I think is when they're in that lull mid-generation because we've seen it they pack games at the front and they pack games at the end of the generation and the middle is seemingly where they're doing a lot of element work if you've got in the middle of it none of these indie games to bolster up the the library on your platform even if they're there on the store but you're not showing them and bringing them front and center without or they taking some money off of them because people or they come late to the platform less. yeah because you know why would a developer you know we've seen that from the breakdown on the kotaku article that say seven percent of sales were coming from playstation where they had like a huge 30 percent chunk on switch and steam mm -hmm. it's why would you prioritize that you could go ahead and make it a platform exclusive or a console exclusive for a Nintendo console for a while, like we've seen with Hades, for example. Yeah. And and just uh, and the same with Untitled Goose Game. You get a little bit of cash from that platform, and you haven't got to worry about sales over on the PlayStation side because you've you've not got access to a bunch of features, and you get highlighted in a bunch of places, including Nintendo Directs, including on the store in a lot of places. And that's the best route to go. So I think if if Sony carry on with this route, mid-generation is going to be like, oh, I've got nothing to play on my PlayStation. Yeah, there might be a bunch of indies there. And I don't think it's going to get to that point. But it, it would be horrible to see people yeah. kind of just abandon Sony as a place for indie games because there's so many indie games. And if the PlayStation's the only console you've got and you're not seeing these awesome indie games being presented to you you're missing out on so many experiences and i agree with that i and i i think ultimately the the thing that worries me is that it won't it won't matter enough for them to change because i think like you look at like a hades right you give that example how much is that actually going to hurt hades or playstation gamers though like yeah maybe if, if you only play on playstation and you really wanted to play hades last year when everyone was talking about it you can play it there now you know, like it's it's it, the big games, the games that that cut through the noise and find success will come to PlayStation eventually. But yeah, like the Stardew Valleys, the the Hades. Yeah, the, those games the are already a success. Games, you know, yeah. like those aren't the games that are suffering. It's it's the the game that is trying to find that success that is at a disadvantage on PlayStation. So I think because of that, less and less indie games are going to come to PlayStation first unless they have a deal with Sony. Um, and well, that's I mean, especially when you've got to pay for you've got to pay for the platform license fee at the beginning and the dev kit. Then you've got to give the thirty percent to them, and then on top of that, it's like twenty five grand just to get featured. And then on top of that, you can't do things like developer discounts and discounts at, um, for launch yeah. and things like that. It's just you're at a real sucks. disadvantage. Yeah. So it's like, why would you prioritize Sony first or or as one of your first platforms unless they're they're paying you? Um, and I don't think there's a compelling reason right now. So I think, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully that this conversation um, being had spurs a reaction because we saw a similar thing, you know, with um, the shutdown of the, you know, those PlayStation 3 and, and uh, Vita and PSP stores. And like Sony saw that reaction and like did something different. This is a little bit different uh, than that situation, but hopefully you'll see a similar willingness to. Um, be open to this criticism yeah. and and to you know make some moves that you know um, empower that that section of the business to be a little bit more competitive with uh, with what everybody else is doing because everybody else is um, definitely in a stronger position than they are with indies right now. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I just hope that these developers that have spoken out don't suffer any repercussions for breaking their NDA on these agreements. Yeah. Because I feel that that would be really bad PR for Sony. I feel like they probably won't guys. do it for that reason. Yeah. And I bet you that would. I bet you that was part of the uh, process behind. Because obviously, um, Ian said like, I, you know, I'm, I might be burning some bridges here, and like, whatever, I'm mad enough to do it. But I, I bet you that was part of the thought process of like. Am I really going to call them out on this and then they're going to come and like try to sue me over it? Because that'll make them look even worse. So go ahead. Like, <laughs> good on you. Uh, good on you, Ian. Um, so uh, maybe right in line with what you're talking about, right? As an answer to this, you know, is there going to be a, a, a an issue with software on the PlayStation 5? Or are we going to see Sony um, head for some some software droughts? Uh, well, Sony went on a big old spending spree this week and acquired mm-hmm. three studios, uh, a few well, of which... Two that two is official. One might not be, but definitely is. Happening. Right. Two that are very official and that are, I think, natural acquisitions for Sony. Uh, the first of which being Housemark. Of course, Housemark just recently retu- uh, releasing Returnal on PlayStation 5, one of the first proper PlayStation 5 exclusives. Um, Housemark, obviously a studio with a lot of history with, with Sony, um, has released a lot of games on their platforms first, uh, or exclusively, or at least console exclusively. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've seemingly had a great relationship with them for a number of years. And, um, you know, I think with Returnal being their kind of first big AAA at bat, you know, before that they were really known for doing like their, the arcadey titles, um, you can see why they would want to cement that relationship um, because, mm-hmm. you know, they clearly fill uh, a pretty important niche, I think, in the portfolio. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I And according to the, the blog post that announced this, they were in the middle of talks during the development of uh, Returnal. It just got delayed for the, the acquisition finalizing, got delayed following the launch of uh, Returnal just because they wanted to get hands down. Yeah, just at least focus on the, the article anyway. Yeah. Yeah, which speaks to probably the fact that they have a pretty good relationship too, that they were able to just be like, cool, we're going to pause this in good faith and put the game out and then <laughs> move forward. And then right? let's get back to the table, yeah. Yeah, um, so that's great. Uh, you know, obviously, like, we've talked about studio acquisitions and everything with Microsoft and, like, having some pause with some of those things. I don't feel the same way about this type of acquisition when you have a studio that's effectively been a second-party studio or, you know, which is, if if you um, believe the folks at Insomniac, that's not really a thing. But, um, but you know, studios like that that are not owned outright but that work with a platform holder almost exclusively or exclusively and develop IP for them and everything, right, like... This was kind of already the relationship they had. All this means now is that Housemark is going to get additional resources. They'll probably be able to hire more people. You know, um, we saw the same kind of acquisition with Insomniac last year, and like it felt like a match. You know, Insomniac kind of felt a little bit differently about because yeah, they had focused a lot on PlayStation, but they did also do other games, and obviously we had the Microsoft exclusivity for a while. Well, with one uh, with game. Sunset Overdrive, yeah, yeah with with one game, but uh, it's it felt like th- I guess that game for me has a lot more legacy than Housemark, and maybe that's just my connection with their games a little bit more than than Housemark's games. 
Um, but it does feel like they are similar fits. They are similar PlayStation powerhouse studios that just weren't under that PlayStation Studios moniker, but now they both are. Yeah, and I don't know. When I look at Insomniac, right, like you look at Sunset Overdrive and like no disrespect at that game, but it was like that's like Insomniac's probably like least popular <laughs> game in the last like 30 years or whatever right that they well, i think studio. it was because it was a launch title on a inferior console in sure. many people's eyes sure and, and i think that that's true but like and you look at the caliber of stuff that they've produced with sony and like how that relationship is netted out for them and everything and it's like it it, it felt like a natural uh time to cement that partnership you know especially coming off spider-man um which was like you know huge success, obviously for both for both uh, parties there. So I think House Mark seems like they're in a similar boat, and yeah, seems mm-hmm. like a good seems like a good move for Sony, good move for House Mark. Uh, similarly, um, they accidentally posted ab- about acquiring Blue Point Studios, um, which I thought was really funny. But again, this is another studio that like has you know what their last three games yeah we spoke about it we spoke about them last week right in context of i really wanted ea to put in the level of detail that uh blue point does does. but you know they're the ones behind um demon souls behind the um they did shadow colossus before that shadow of the colossus uncharted collection yeah they've done the uncharted collection were they involved with the last of us i think they uh, did do the last of us remaster port yeah so they've they've done a, a ton of stuff. Um, so I, it's impressive uh, to see them come in house. They did Gravity Rush, um, so they're they're kind of a powerhouse porting studio, which is also the same as the the third studio they've acquired, Nixies, I think, or Nixus is wow. so the Dutch studio. So I just looked at this. They've actually exclusively developed for PlayStation platforms except for the Titanfall port to Xbox 360. That is literally the one thing Bluepoint has done that wasn't on a PlayStation platform. Yeah, and it feels very much like these these uh, these guys probably should have been a PlayStation uh, property for a very long time. Uh, and it's good to see them come in-house. And it also gives me great hope that we're going to see more fantastic ports come into PlayStation 5 from previous generations because they've done just a, an amazing job with it. I really want to see them work on some of their older IP. Like, I would love... Um, like, I'm playing Ratchet & Clank, and I've been thinking about how cool it would be if they redid the the original trilogy and the future trilogy um, in this engine. Or, like, you know, like the Jack & Daxter trilogy like brought up for playstation 5 like some of those things would be really cool and i would love to see blue point mm-hmm. uh, be able to work on that stuff and we've talked about how remakes and remasters and stuff are probably going to be a bigger part of everybody's strategies um moving forward because they're they're safe and they're reliable so yeah and we had that that um story from jason schreier over at bloomberg a few months back that sony is is becoming more and more safe and wanting to focus in on what they know. And obviously they're working on that that Last of Us port. I wonder if Blue Point will be involved with that, the, the remake of the original Last of Us. And I feel like they've also talked heavily about because like because I know like Jason Jason has talked about how that story was kind of like blown out of proportion and not that they're like necessarily risk averse, but that like they do want to make more safe bets to your point. And that like part of that is they want to double down on their IP and they want to like strengthen their IP. Um, and doing re-releases of old games is an easy way to do that, you know? 
Um, so Bluepoint obviously fits right in that strategy. And then, like you pointed out, the PC porting studio Nixus um, is another one where it's like, yeah, I mean, bringing more of those PlayStation 4 games to PC, expanding your offerings on on this com- this other platform where you see your competitors making lots of money. Um, it's It just makes sense. Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing PS5 games coming over to PC as well. I would not be surprised if we see, say, Demon Souls coming to PC. See, that I'm not so sure about. You know I, I maybe no, years I from now. See that. Yeah, years from now, because you know we've just got we've got Uncharted Four coming to PC. Yeah, and that's like that's like the the, the like figure for PlayStation. Yeah, right. I mean, you also Drake. think right? That's like a what seven year old game, right? Yeah, but um, you know, it's not the only game they they brought over, is it? Yeah, you know, we've got um, the newest Horizon one is from Zero like Dawn. Though. No, surely Death Stranding was the latest one. That's not technically a first party game, yeah, though. I know. That was agreed to come to PC. Like they had yeah. announced it for PS4 first, PC later. I think at launch. And I also, or not even at launch, the main... when they revealed it. Yeah, and I also I also wonder if that's one of the reasons why Horizon even came to PCs because they used the same Decimate engine, and so you know you've already ported the engine over for Death Stranding. Why not use it for Horizon Zero Dawn when you can sell that, get the new game out, and then in two years' time bring that one to PC? I do think that they will come to PC because it's just money sitting on the table for them. Otherwise, yeah, agreed. Speaking of money. Mm. Let's jump into our last piece of news this week. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima uh, was in the news this week for a director's cut that is coming on PS5 and PS4 uh, on August 20th. And um, it adds... uh, We're not sure exactly how much new content yet is, I guess, the thing. And that kind of led to a bit of of debate and controversy over the pricing. Um, Because we know that there is... A bunch of um, updates coming to this director's edition, right? There will be a uh, $70 version on PS5, a $60 version on PS4. For the PS5 version, uh, we will be getting the addition of haptic feedback and adaptive triggers and, you know, all the PlayStation 5 kind of bells and whistles that you come to expect alongside, um, you know, a mode that's supposed to uh, lock 40 or 4K uh, 60 FPS, even though that's a thing you can already do for free. No, um, it's, it's dynamic 4K. 60. Oh, you're right. So it's it exactly is exactly the same. True. It's exactly the same as the mode you've already got. So, so there's that. Um, and then but the, the other main feature they've locked behind this is the Japanese lip sync. Yes, right. Thank you. And then the other big thing is that they've also announced that this comes with uh, a DLC expansion. And that is uh, called Iki Island, which is going to add an entire um, extra island. And, you know, this is, uh, it says here, if you know, if you're a history buff, you will know that in addition to Tsushima, the neighboring isle of Iki was also invaded during this time period. So this is going to be, uh, quote, whole new chapter in Jin's journey. And, you know, they said that um, they'll share more about it soon, but they can confirm that beyond a whole new story and new characters, the new island also features tons of new content, including brand new environments to explore new armor, uh, new horrors, new minigames, new techniques, new enemy types, and much more. Um, so not sure exactly how much that's going to add to the game or, or what, what, but you know, it sounds as, as if it's a pretty significant expansion. It sounds like it's like, you know, um, 
probably going to add in the neighborhood of, I would guess, like 10 to 15 hours of content, maybe like similar to mm-hmm. like a Frozen Wilds with Horizon or, you know, um, maybe not quite as large as like a Miles Morales or like a, a Uncharted. Um, uh, shoot, what's that game called? The spinoff with Chloe and Nadine and it's escaping yep, the, me right they now. Yeah, that one. We'll just get with that. Yep. Um, not not sure if it'll reach that level of content, perhaps, but it seems maybe you know more akin to like a Horizon there. Um, so this ended up being uh, a bit controversial, um, due to that and the kind of debate on whether some of these features should be free, you know, or like you know what are you actually paying for here. And, like, part of it is also that um, if you already own Ghost of Tsushima, there is, like, an upgrade path. So you can kind of identify where, you know, you're getting nickeled and dimed for what, right? So, like, uh, if you already own Ghost on PS4, you can pre-order an upgrade to the director's cut on PS4 for $20. Uh, if you, starting on August 20th, uh, if you bought the director's cut on PS4, you can upgrade to the director's cut PS5 for $10. And you can also upgrade directly from the original Ghost of Tsushima to the director's cut on PS5 for $30. So, like, for me, for example, if I wanted to upgrade to this director's cut, it would cost me 30 bucks, Or 20 if you just wanted to play on PS4, which really fucking angers me every time I see it. It's just, like, the PS5 tax of an extra $10 just so you can get the same version of the game just on a different console. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not I'm not that mad about this, I got to say. Like we had a whole debate about it on the Discord. Um I think I think for me the deciding factor is how big is this expansion. Um I get that and I get the inclusion of the expansion. For me it's really the sc- trying to squeeze just a, such a petty amount of money out of people that have already given you $600 for a console and you're just squeezing them and squeezing them for another 10 bucks because you need to make the game seemingly worth $70 on a new platform. It's just like come on. Look at what your competition's doing with smart delivery. They're just giving updates for free to everyone. It's like you look Especially combined with the stuff with the twenty-five grand, and then the stuff with the the whole crossplay charges, you just really look like you're squeezing everyone for cash lately, and it's just it's not a good look in my eyes. And I really think some of the features, like the Japanese lip sync and the haptic feedback, should just be a free patch. And if people want to pay for this DLC, then fine. But you've already done the patch for the four K sixty thing, and the whole picture of the how they've laid out the director's cut and it looks like oh you've got to pay for this director's cut to get the 4k 60 and the 3d audio and the legends mode that's all included in the normal game yeah so so i'll give you that i think the the presentation of it is definitely misleading like acting as if those are our director's cut things you get when they are just free things if you own the game um is not good i don't think that's a good look but i don't know like i I think I generally agree with the idea that like cosmetic changes should be free and content changes should cost money, right? New content should cost money. Um, but I 100% I, I, agree with that. Yeah. But I also don't think it's fair to compare what you're getting here with like what Xbox is giving away for free um, because like they did give you that. They gave you the, the 4K 60 FPS mode for free. That is what Xbox gives you for free. The additional controller support, the Japanese lip sync, those things cost money and time and they weren't free to develop. And the idea that like we are just entitled to them for no reason is like something that like I don't necessarily agree with. Like would I like them to be free? Yes. 
Do I feel like it comes off as greedy to charge $10 for them? Yeah, I kind of do. But I also think that the idea that like we're just entitled to those updates because I don't think that they're worth money is like... I feel like that comes off a certain way to me. That feels a little you bit... Know I'm, do you know what? I'd be, I think I'd be even more fine for it to be the same price on PS4 and PS5. If it's just like... These are part of the, the DLC. It's 20 bucks. Fine. But to just charge extra just for the sake of because it, it's on because it's on ps5 it just seems like it's just seems like a tax it seems like oh i bought a ps5 so now i just have to pay more for everything and it's not just games it's also now dlc and it sets a horrible precedent for in the future you know the is the dlc for horizon gonna be more on ps5 than it is on ps4 maybe and if so if so why what's the justification there just because it's a new console well, I mean, the justification, whether or not you buy it, right, is that, like, it costs more money to make games on more expensive hardware because the assets take more to work with. I and... don't believe that because they're porting these games to PC and they look fine on there. And they're not charging $70 on PC. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, right? It's it's the argument we have to come back to, right, with, like, whether or not this price increase is justified. And, like, I feel like it is, you know, um, at least by American dollar standards. You know, I won't speak for Europeans or Canadians because I know that that, that difference is it is different for you. Um, but for me, the fact that games cost $10 more now than they did 20 years ago is fine. You know, and yeah. like that's controversial. I know that's a hot take. A lot of people will call me a, a shill or an apologist or whatever for saying that. But like, I don't think it's unreasonable that games should cost more than they did in 2009. No, I don't think, I, I don't I think that's a that. hot and take. I... Do you know, I think it's fine for them to cost more. I just think when it's a game that already exists and and what you've done is just bring out a DLC that's coming to the old platform anyway, yeah. but just because it's on the new platform, you're charging more, it doesn't feel justified. It stings. In my eyes. Yeah, and I, I, think, I think that that's fair. Like, I don't disagree with that statement. I think it does come down to the fact that, well, it needs to cost $70 because it's a PS5 game right yeah is, is the, the answer is, so, so you bought the original game on ps4 this is that this is 50 percent of the cost of that original game to right. get the, the dlc and it's not 50 percent of the length of the game or fi- not seemingly anyway we don't know for sure right that's the thing it's like it really depends because like if if they come out and they tell me that this game is about the same length as like a miles morales or something like that like i'll be like oh this is a deal actually like I'm paying less. You know, if that's the case, and then this could have just been bundled up as like a forty dollar game, but instead they've given it to you for thirty dollars, then maybe that feels like a, a deal. And that's that's but why I, I think I'm trying to reserve judgment too. Is that like it's it's hard to say, right? If they come out and they're like, "Hey, like this new island adds twenty hours of content," I'd be like, "Well, I mean, for a lot of people, you do beat that game in forty hours. That is about mm-hmm. half." If it adds 50%, then I'm totally cool paying $30. And I think this whole conversation will have been that people were mad about the percentage you were spending on what. It's the $10 to up, upgrade yeah. to the PS5 version. And, and personally, I feel like if the package is worth $30, I don't fucking care about that. I really don't. And that's easy for me to say because $10 isn't a lot of money to me. And like, that's that's where I'm at, you know, with finances and what i spend on video games right like i spend 60 dollars on on 
Mario Golf. I am almost guaranteed saying that I think that this $30 expansion will be worth more money to me than that was. But I spent that money because that's what it costs and I wanted the experience and I got that experience, you know? And, like, that's a decision you got to make as a consumer, right? Um, I think it's when we get into moralizing over some of this stuff where, like, I kind of get, like, a little bit, like, tight about it because it's like, man, like, these are companies. Like, they're not, they're, like, they're trying to make money. Like, they're trying to nickel and dime us. They absolutely are. You know, and I, and I think the question is less about, like, is that, like, good or bad or, like, because it it sucks. It is bad, right? Like, it would be better if Sony gave us this content for free. It would. But the question is, is, is what they're going to charge you worth $30 in my mind? And if I walk away from that experience feeling like I got, you know, if it's 10 to 15 hours, I might be like, uh, 20 probably would have been more fair. And I might walk away feeling that way. But right now it feels hard for me to come at it with the the ire and the the anger that i think a lot of people did and and maybe rightfully so just because i think until i've seen what this island of iki expansion is offering it feels hard for me to like argue that like they're they're trying to you know cheat me or whatever but that 10 dollar yeah. like tax is i mean it is what it is right like but that's my issue it's not that they're charging for dlc I, like, no. I, I've never ever had a problem with, with paying for content and, and I know it takes time it's the the paying for the DLC and this obviously with the director's cut moniker leads the way for paying for an upgrade to the director's cut version of Death Stranding oh, uh, yeah. that's clear to me now yeah. that's probably going to be $20 to, to, to get that don't know if that even includes new content. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, it could and... just be that that is a PS5 version of the game. But it's the whole... The, the fact that you've got to have two sections and three bullet points and like on this date you can do this and yeah. now you can do this. It's like, that's so fucking convoluted and confusing to a customer. Whereas on Xbox, it's just like, I buy the game, it works on Xbox One and it also works on Series X. No problem whatsoever. It's just upgrade straight away just how it works like that's that's i think what playstation needs to get to and if they just said it's 30 dollars across the board whether you're on ps4 or whether you're on ps5 it just works you buy the game and it, it works on both systems i'd have felt i'd have felt a lot better about it and it would have been like finally they're seemingly getting it that it doesn't need to be this convoluted let's break it down ps4 owners get this deal ps5 owners get this deal here's the multiple paths to upgrading that you can do it just needs to be simplified it's just too yeah. confusing at the moment i mean i definitely agree with you in that regard you know I, I don't think that that's up for debate i think for me the only thing is like this idea that like it's a one for one between what xbox offers and what playstation offers because this is more like it took more resources to add haptic feedback and dynamic triggers and some people think that those things are a gimmick and don't care about them but guess what that doesn't mean that it didn't cost money or take time um, and that's not a thing that you can just hand wave away because you don't care about it. That that took a certain number of developers at Insom or at uh, Sucker Punch a certain amount of time during which Sony was paying their salaries and they were working on that instead of working on their next game or the sequel or the multiplayer game that they're going to be working on or whatever. Right? Like that has to that has to get paid for somewhere, you know? And like yeah. I, I don't think it's like. Just because we feel like we shouldn't have to pay for it doesn't mean Sony should have to take it on the chin either, you know? And I'm not, like, sitting here trying to, like, say that, like, they're, you know, out hurting for money, right? Like, we're also talking about how, like, they're they're making money hand over fist in lots of ways. Like, it's totally fine to criticize them for that. 
I just don't think it's fair to compare like, oh, Xbox gives it to you for free. Sony gave us the same thing for free on this game. They did. They gave us a free multiplayer expansion for this game. They did. That didn't cost any money either. And everybody's like, look at that. That's so great. It's free. But as soon as they want to charge you for something that it took them money to develop, we get all upset about it. And we get, and then we get money grubby about it, right? Like, where was, where is this conversation in the fact that they put out a whole free game mode? Like, is that not worth anything? What if they had charged for Legends? You know, like they could have. Seemingly, that could be like a free to play thing, right? It could yeah, be. and it could it have could microtransactions. Have, and guess what? That. It doesn't. Yeah. You know, so like, I'm just saying, like, let's let's give them a little rope to hang themselves, right? Like. Let's see what this expansion looks like before we like pull out the torches and pitchforks. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm not saying you're that. wrong. I'm, I get that. I'm just never going to accept the $10 tax. I just, I can't. I just, it feels so penny pinching, especially when someone's already given you $600 for a console. I get that you're probably making a loss on that console, but they've bought into your system for yep. the next seven years. And I think that's fair. I really do. Anyway, uh, we went longer on this than I thought we would. So we're going to we're going to save these mail pots for next week because there's like six questions and they're all pretty good and I want to spend time on them. Um and yeah, I, I have next to week might might be like a mail pot special. Yeah, cuz like some questions. There's got to be a slow week coming up here, right? Like mm-hmm. it's been news 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 the last like 5 weeks. We're going to have a lull here where we can just focus on the mail pot and that'll be nice. Maybe we'll do that next week. Um, so thanks again for everybody who wrote in. I really appreciate it. Please write in for next week. Even if you wrote in this week and we're saving your question, write in again next week. I want to have a big mail pod episode. So don't feel like you can't contribute again. Um, so thanks for everybody who wrote in. Thanks for joining us here on another episode of the show. Uh, it's, it, this was a good one. I had fun with this. Uh, there's some, some spicy news and some, some good debates to be had. Um, but of course, you know, what we believe in on this show and what I think is important in our community and everywhere, right, is to have these debates respectfully. Um, we can we can get in the weeds. We can argue about this stuff. But at the end of the day, we're all friends. We're all here to enjoy mm-hmm. games and have fun. So that's what it's all about, right? So, uh, again, you know, come get us wherever you get your video game content. That we're there making something for you. Uh, come join us on Twitch this week. We'll be streaming something. Uh, maybe we'll get some more Smash because Sierra and I are feeling a little upset that we missed that on Smash Night. So uh, I feel like maybe we maybe we make Steve play I might again. Send that one out. No, I can't. I'm so bad. <laughs> no, we'll team up. It'll be good. It'll be good. <laughs> okay, teams, I'm fine with. I'm gonna have AJ on my team then if he's coming. That works. Again. That'll be good. You guys <laughs> bounce each other out. <laughs> so yeah, come come hang out with us. It's it's a great time over there, and um, you know we're always playing games with the community. So come hang out with us on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, come over, head over to the Patreon after dark. This week was a good one. Uh, just a buck. Get you access to all that stuff. Uh, it's a good time. Um, so, yeah, wherever you get your stuff, we're there. Come hang out with us. Come chat with us. Come be a part of the show. Uh, we appreciate you being here. So uh, I've been Pete. He's been Steve. We've been the Podcast. We'll see you next week. Take it easy.